everybody. Happy uh, day before Halloween. Welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast. I am Brent Smith. Today I'm joined by Michael Miller and Pastor Daniel Yelverton. The man. <laughs> wow. The legend. <laughs> um, so uh, what's going on, guys? Well, listening to the introduction music, which always gets us fired up, Absolutely. reminds me this morning, this has nothing to do with anything, Brent, but this morning I was jamming out with Noah before I put him on the bus. And I, and I got a workout, a three-minute workout. We're listening to, I think it was System of a Down. Don't tell anybody I listened to System what? of a Down. And I was jamming out. So that's what's going on this morning. <laughs> I just, every time we listen to it, it has that little part in it where it goes, hey. Yeah. Um, I listen back to these sometimes just to critique these podcasts that we record, just to critique in the car or whatever. And my kids are in there with me sometimes. So Owen actually has it down now where when he hears the music, he goes, hey. Right with the same music. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the song, literally. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, it is a nice, cool fall day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On uh, Tuesday, October 30th here today. Um, we are back here in the Weekly Impact Studios. I love it. <laughs> Deep in the recesses of ECC, right? <laughs> Some closet somewhere we're uh, recording yeah. this. <laughs> we're um, we're going to need you to record that in the basement. <laughs> no, we're good. Um, but anyway, today we are on Titus 3. And um, I wanted to give some context or have you guys give some context and I'll chime in a little bit some. But um, on this chapter today, let people know who Titus is, what he's doing, where he is. Um, and then also I wanted to ask you guys another question real quick, just because this ty- or this uh, chapter, listening to it and kind of going over it, um, studying it a little bit, it just kind of occurred to me that we should probably do something that I want to kind of have you guys take us through after well, don't we worry, do that. Brent, so, Daniel has all of your answers. No, you're good. It's nothing. <laughs> it's ob- It's like for, for you guys, it's no, no pressure at all. Um, but anyway, uh, if you, do you guys want to give a little context on Titus overall and Titus 3 if you want? Sure, yeah. we can talk Titus. <laughs> yeah, we, we both look at each other like, uh, who's going to say uh, something? And then we both talk at the same time. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who Titus is. Um, he was, uh, we were talking about pastor or bishop. I like to say he was the bishop of Crete. Mm-hmm. And, and he, Paul trusted this guy. This is, Titus is a guy that traveled some places with Paul. He actually, like, one of the biggest things is in Acts 15, we see Paul goes to this big meeting, uh, the council, first council in Jerusalem. He takes Titus with him. And so they're, they're talking about big stuff in this council, and, and Titus goes with him. So we know that he's a major contemporary of Paul. And we were talking about Crete earlier. <laughs> if you look at the first chapter here, Paul basically says, man, these Cretans are terrible, right? Yeah. yeah. So we know that he puts a responsible pastor or responsible bishop at Crete, and, and that's who Titus is. Titus is this responsible guy that Paul can absolutely trust, and that's that's who he puts at this place. When when I envision Crete, I think of like Tortuga, Pirates of the Caribbean, or something <laughs> like that. You know, like it just seems like this place that's like just full of like debauchery and everything like that. It it has a terrible reputation, kind of stuff. And yeah. so I see like Johnny Depp with his eyeliner r- running around and stuff <laughs> like that. And and so it's a um, yeah, it's definitely a place that has a reputation for uh, being like just a a terrible place of as far as like quality of people mm-hmm. uh, all they have a reputation of being liars and uh, evil beasts which yeah. is interesting <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I gotta read you the verse from. I gotta yeah. read there it's in chapter 1 verse 12 Paul says one of the Cretans a prophet of their own like a dude from there right said and I quote 
Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This <laughs> testimony is true. Like, man. Yeah. He ain't joking around. Yeah. yeah. And I, I did some study on it um, today before we came in here, and um, I, I thought it was really cool, too. Like, they said that this letter to Titus kind of lays out um, Paul's, I don't know, his structure or his design for spreading ministry. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. They said that... Um, uh, he he put Titus here because he was Greek. He trusted him, and because this island of Crete had a lot of strongholds and ports, so there were a lot of people coming in and out. And they thought that it would be a really good strategic place to have house churches grow up, so that people that come in and out could be influenced by it. Um, and the other thing too that I thought was interesting to see the reason that the Cretans were Cretans, what we know as now, <laughs> right. um, is because they were from Greek. Like their god before this was Greek mythology, and they they claimed that Zeus had been born there, and they knew that he ha- what his history was with women and all this different stuff in their mythology, that he lied and cheated and did all this horrible stuff. Right. So they took pride in doing all of that. So that's why they were the way they were. So I thought that was really cool to kind of get that kind of a background yeah. on why he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, just to set that stuff up for you guys. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to get into that I wanted to talk to you guys, because this chapter, it was just, um, glaring to me about how he's addressing people in this and how he's telling them to live. Um, something else that they were talking about in the study that I was doing and, um, people are listening to on this. They said that, um, this part of the book, this Titus chapter three is him kind of talking to people and telling them like how they need to live to set the example for the people around them. Um, because there was so much debauchery, there was so much and people taking pride in what they were doing. So setting that example was highly important and you had to do it in just the right way or else it would turn people off or turn people away. So my question to you guys, one of you, please, for somebody who might be listening to this podcast for the first time, um, a lot of the stuff he's addressing here is who we are and how we're supposed to live according to the Messiah and what he did for us. So who is Jesus? What did he do? Just give us like a quick recap in case somebody's listened to this for the first time. <laughs> well, I think when uh, the, the best way that I can sum it up is that Jesus was everything that we were supposed to be, uh, and he was God in flesh. And uh, it, uh, there's so much parallels between Jesus and Adam and how Jesus did everything that Adam was supposed to do uh, for us. Adam fell into temptation, and subsequently the world was put into turmoil because God had established that man was going to rule over the earth and subdue it and create and make amazing things through the earth, and then that didn't happen. And so Jesus came as the second Adam to fulfill everything that we were supposed to do. Uh, But then uh, the amazing twist is that he also then took all of the mistakes and sins of humanity and paid for them. So he did everything that we were supposed to do, and then he paid for everything that we did wrong. And because of that, and then on top of that, he then conquered all of it. So he took, oh, he, he conquered the power that sin had had since the beginning of time on humanity. And, and because of that, then we were able to live now with God in us. And we are able to then house the Holy Spirit within our body and then live now because of what Jesus did. So Jesus is the hinge of history. He's everything, but he... He completes everything that was before, and he gives us hope for the future, for uh, a new heaven and a new earth. And he did all of this because he's God, and God loves us, and God's great example of his love was to bring 
his son to this earth to do everything that we couldn't do, pay the penalty for everything we had done, and then give us the right to become sons and daughters of God. So that would be kind of how I would sum up who Jesus is. Uh, that's good. <laughs> we we could do, I, we don't have time for it, we could do a whole podcast on who Jesus is. Yeah. yeah. And what I'll, what I'll do is I'll simply read, I'll, I'll quote John, I'll quote it. I have it in front of me, so don't act like I'm special, right? John 1, when I think of Jesus, this is what I think of. In the beginning was the Word. Word here means logos, the reason. Mm-hmm. And, and it's capitalized because ta- John's meaning Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus was with the Father, but he is also God. Right, He was in the beginning with God, so he's always been here. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus is also part of the creation story. Mm-hmm. In him was life, and life was the light of men. Jesus is the light, and Jesus is the life. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So instead of reading this whole thing in John and explaining it, <clears throat> if you're new to this podcast, and you really want to dig into who Jesus is, read John. Mm-hmm. John is a theological masterpiece, and that's why it's different different than what we call the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John is written for a different purpose. The other three gospels are really more of a narrative, but John is a work of theology that tells you who Jesus is, and the only reason why it talks about what Jesus did is to explain who Jesus is. So dig into John mm-hmm. and really get to know Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, tr- I tried, you know, when we're putting this stuff together, when I have time to actually put some time really into it before we come in here and just have our conversation, I try to really just soak and be like, what what are we supposed to do with this today? And I just felt strongly that, that this chapter is just so beautifully put together that I felt like people needed to know who Titus is, what he's doing there, and why Paul is addressing him. But also, it just came to me like, man, we need to we need to speak about who Jesus is too, so that people can see how those tie together beautifully in this chapter. So, um, and we'll talk more about it because because there, there's a big part of this chapter that's devoted to Jesus. So I wanted to wait and let's let's hear the scripture first before yeah. we really dig into this stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, guys, this is Titus three from the Dwell app. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God 
may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works, so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. So that is Titus 3 um, from the Dwell app. Uh, what do you guys want to get into? I know we had a little bit of a long-winded um, discussion before we got started on there, so we'll need to keep it a little more concise today. But, um, what you know, Michael, you mentioned digging into some other stuff here. Well, the first off, there's – let me just skip because, first off, we can go back to verses 1 through 3, which have a lot of good stuff in there. But verses 4 through 8, man. Yeah. Hmm. I mean – because you asked about Jesus, and like for, for new listeners, you know, that question, really, who is Jesus? When you see this, it, it, it's huge. We see he's good, he's kind, he's our Savior. He saved us, and, he's, and, and because of his righteousness, his mercy, he regenerates, regenerates and renews us through the Spirit. He, he pours out on us. I mean, are you, are you hearing this? I mean, this mm-hmm. is amazing stuff. This is really verses four through eight is the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take what Jesus is and what Jesus did and just compress it into four verses, that's it. I mean, I think it's worth reading again. Let me just read it real quick. Yeah. And I won't read it <laughs> at this pace, right? But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Somebody shout amen, right? The saying is trustworthy, and I want to insist, I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are excellent and profitable for people. And I'm like, I'm over here like with my rap hand, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing at people as I'm doing this. Look, it, it basically these verses talk about what the gospel is and tells us what to do with it. Mm-hmm. We are to do good works. We are to share this stuff. So, I mean, in a nutshell, Jesus did the work to save us. And what he asks us to do is do good works and tell people about it. I mean, that's the gospel. And it's based on what he did. So it's almost like this is not because we're justified by our own works. We're already justified by the grace of yes. God. 
and that we have all of these things for us. We're so richly blessed. And because of that, then we're able to do excellent and profitable things for people. Yes. I love that. I love that he's saying it's for people. So this is the benefit. This is the benefit now. This is the effect of the gospel being central in somebody's life is that they start living in an excellent and profitable way for people. And and I think that it's like what I what stuck out to me was not only that which is awesome, but then all the things that Paul is saying kind of imperatives here for the believers, even the chapter before he starts laying into like, whatever your life stage is, here's some instructions that I have for you. Mm-hmm. That's going to be in a way that you're going to live in a profitable and excellent way. And, uh, and so it's, you know, what Paul is, I think, communicating here is that our, what Jesus has done in us is for the benefit of the world and the people around us. Mm-hmm. It's for their benefit. You know, it's for their profit and for the excellence in their lives. So we avoid uh, these other things that Paul's saying, like, Mm -hmm. you know, foolish controversies. Uh, You know, genealogies is not something that I think we really pay attention to much now, but really, you know, the quarrels and dissension about the law, this is all unprofitable. You know, he's using the same word, this profit word. Uh, You know, this is profitable, this is unprofitable. And I think what he's talking about is that, like, we have... Uh, we have the ability to work in a way that is beneficial for the kingdom of God. A profit for a company is something that the company's doing well, and then they're having benefit because of that. You know, it's run well, it's run efficiently, it puts out good stuff, and then that's why it's profitable, you know, right. because it's doing well. And so I think that whereas there's a time for us as Christians to evaluate our lives. And what is the scorecard we're evaluating our lives by? And if we're being profitable for the benefit of others— and for the kingdom of God and for the advancement of the kingdom of God, then, you know, we are going to do kind of what Jesus asked us to do. You know, his one command, love others the way that I've loved you. People are going to know that you're my disciples by how you love others. And so, but when we get, and then he says, and then he, he says, avoid a person. This is one person that he says, and it's not like avoid the person who practices this type of sin. Avoid the person that, you know, makes these life choices, whatever it is. It's, it's avoid the one that's stirring up dissension. And this word just stuck with me. This, like, who, who like, identifying a person of dissension, even looking at my own life and looking at, or sorry, division. And, um, and I just thought, like, what, is, what happens when division's taking place? And for me, it's whenever I put something ahead of you as a person. So I say, Michael, you don't have the same political parties that I have or my political beliefs. And so I put that above you. And so I create disunity between us. There is something that is that is inhibiting me from being in full relationship with you as a brother in Christ because of I've elevated something. And so I've created a division and disunity. And, And that's what Jesus prayed about in John 17 when he prayed about the church, when he said, hey, guys. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray like this is for this is for future generations for the future church. Mm-hmm. I'm praying that they are unified. Unified. Yeah. And and so it that to me is just kind of it's it's really resonated because you know, looking at the culture that that Paul is talking to right now, the the Cretans, but also I mean we were, I was talking to a guy this morning we were talking about how such a culture of violence. And and I look at kind of the state of our our culture right now and I just see division you know I just see division in in our nation and in our culture I see division in social media where people are just prioritizing so many like where we manipulate others for our own personal gain you know or our own personal affirmation to say that we're right and that somebody else is wrong 
and elevate ourselves above that person. And I think, man, like if Jesus spilt his blood so that they could be right with God, and Romans 2 says that because of what Jesus did, he broke down all the hostility between all of humanity. Then all that we needed, then we need to prioritize like unity, like above all else of just yeah. looking at somebody and saying like, man, like you, you matter to God so much more than any belief that I might have about our culture, what I believe politically, what I believe is right or wrong. Like you just matter to God. And, and so that just really, it resonated with me as Paul is kind of giving Titus this. Yeah. And exhortation. At, well, after after you say that, it, just, it it hit me too that it's not just people out there are having a struggle with unity. Michael Miller is having struggle with unity. Oh yeah. I, I don't remember, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but we we talked about false prophets. I think it was last week, yeah. and and we mentioned about how, or at least I said something about how, not just looking at others as false prophets, but looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. When we think about unity, a lot, of, a lot of times we think of it like, man, our world has such a problem with unity. We're, we're so divided, and, and they are divided. There's, there's these Republicans and these Democrats. There's the, these Baptists and these Pentecostals and these Catholics or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever the dissension is. And instead of that, I need to look at Michael Miller you need to look at Daniel Yelverton. You need to look at Brent Smith. Are, are we divided ourselves? Yeah. So, and, and, and I've taken a good look at this, and, and I've realized over the last couple of years that I have been divisive. I've, I've, I've thought of, I've learned some things, and, and my belief system has changed over the last 10 years. And, and what I began to become is, is um, a bit judgmental of people. Mm-hmm. And recently I've been able to put that away. And it's because of chapters like this, Daniel. Yeah. Because when I when I start seeing about Jesus, and I, st- I see Paul saying over and over and over, put all the dissensions away. Mm-hmm. And he preaches over and over about unity. It's in almost all of his letters that we need to be focused on Jesus. Yeah. So look, yes, we might disagree on, for example, we might disagree on whether once you're saved, you're always saved, or whether it, it takes good works. We we might disagree on whether Jesus is physically present in the in the uh, in communion or whether it's more metaphorical. We we might disagree on a whole host of issues, but one thing we have to be unified on is Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff around it, but as I've said over and again in the podcast, and I'll say it again, I believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life and that he suffered and died for you and me, and then he rose again and ascended into heaven, proving that he's God, proving who he said he was, and that if you believe what I just said, if you believe in Jesus, according to what Paul says in Romans, in, in chapter 10, that you can be saved. Mm-hmm. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you can be saved. If you believe and you receive it by calling on him, you can be saved. I think that is the big rock's important stuff. Yeah. And if we could be unified around that, man, we, we could do a lot of good things for this community. And and I think what's what's really great here is Paul's talking about perspective. Um, I, I, I like that he's saying, you know, the very beginning, he said, speak evil, no one, avoid quarreling, be gentle, and show perfect courtesy towards all people. So all people is all people, uh, not just people of our faith. And then he goes back into remember. 
just remember, you you are not perfect. Remember that you have made so many mistakes. Remember, you can look back on your life and be like, man, like that was the wrong thing. I, I did the wrong thing. I really hurt this person. I betrayed this person. Mm-hmm. I let this person down. Yes. Remember that. But God, but God was so good to you and so kind to you and so merciful to you and that he richly blessed you. So live life with that perspective. Because I think when we come to this like, entitlement kind of issue and then we start dividing ourselves among people and we say like well they're not doing this or that's that's why they're in this situation or whatever it is and we'll give ourselves like this really great view of our our own personal life and the things that we've done and then we'll look at other people and judge them really harshly mm-hmm. right and he's like dude like you need to not do these things as far as like quarreling and speaking evil because you did a lot of stuff that you need forgiveness for mm-hmm. and so everybody's in the same boat we all just need Jesus' grace and mercy, right? And so maybe this person doesn't know Jesus' grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. And so this is your opportunity to say, hey, I need to give this person grace yes. and mercy because I needed it and they need it. And they might just be in a different place in their journey. And hopefully I can be a part of the process of leading them or showing them to Jesus. But when we start building up a wall of division because they're where they are and I'm where I am, then we're doing nothing that's profitable or productive for the kingdom. And I, man, that's just like those words keep sticking out to me. Even in the end when he says, you know, he talks about being fruitful, you know, and, and, and Jesus talked about that a lot in the gospels when he talked about bearing fruit, you know, and you see that also in Paul's letters and even, uh, even in like, like James, I think talks about that too. I mean, it's, it's just all throughout like being, having, have being, uh, productive, being, reproducing, you know, and, and, and being, uh, being a delight, like a tree that doesn't produce fruit is, is worthless. Right. You know? And, and so what is the, you know, what are, what kind of, what, what gospel fruit are you, are you creating right now with your life? You know, I mean, are, are you promoting people? Are you drawing people towards Jesus by the fruit in your life or, are you promoting division? Are you being stingy? Are you pulling back from people and like kind of isolating yourselves from the rest of humanity because they don't necessarily believe or act or even, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it it just bothers me. It bothers me so much when it just, I don't know you. you, And this is, I think one of the things that made Jesus so frustrated because Jesus in his ministry, so compassionate, right? He loves people, and he sees people in their pain and their hurt, and he sees people that are in really bad spots, women caught in adultery, you know, guys that are like uh, lepers, outcasts of societies. He sees all these people, and he loves them, and he has compassion on them. But the time that he gets really upset is when people are inhibiting other people from meeting God, that the Gentiles are being extorted for— They, they want to be close to God, but the Jews are preventing them. The Jews in the, the temple are preventing them. And so Jesus comes in and starts flipping tables and makes a whip and starts like going to town on people because he's they're preventing people from seeing God. And I'm like, what about us? <laughs> yeah. Are we preventing people from seeing God? Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, then we're going to be on the anger side of Jesus. Everything that he did was really compassionate. And then when he gets angry, it's because somebody's preventing somebody from meeting God by the way they act and what, what they profess with their life. And sorry, I'm going on a rant here guys, no, but good. it's just like, like, man, like that's on the anger side of Jesus. And when we think, Oh man, we're doing the right thing because we're defending the law or we're defending all these things. It's like, are, are you, if you're, if you're preventing somebody from meeting God, I mean, that's the thing that flips tables in Jesus's mind. That's the thing that makes him mad. And, and so I, I don't know. I just, 
I think this is for me a really a real time for assessment to see like how like how much is the gospel central to my life when I look at my own life and I look at the lives of people around me is it centered around I needed grace and they need it too and what am I doing that is profitable for the kingdom of God not necessarily for my own kingdom or for the kingdom of even America or the kingdom of a political party like what am I doing that's profitable for the kingdom of God I love yeah. it. and think about too like this has really been coming to me as you've been speaking, but how much fruit are you producing in your life? And this is me talking to myself too. How much fruit are you producing in your life on your phone? Mm. You know, I don't, I don't like to say that. I don't don't like to say that the enemy is winning because I don't think he is, but he, man, he's, he's really successful at some stuff. And, um, man, you know, all this online stuff, you know, handheld devices, all these things. I heard somebody say the other day and it just popped up again it's just isolation. It's ways for us to be isolated. And yes. when you're on Facebook, when you're on Twitter, Instagram, any of that stuff, how much fruit are you actually producing? Mm. Because it's pretty funny that, you know, these things that, that take up so much of our time and pull us away from our friends and our families. And, you know, like I said, I'm talking to myself too here. Um, it's funny how hard it is to produce fruit on them, but how easy it is to promote division yes. and dissension mm-hmm. and to be in your little walled off space away from everybody. Um, so I think one of the biggest things that we need to take away from this too is, you know, all the things that you guys have been talking about. Um, but we can't, we're not producing a lot of fruit if we don't put our phones down and we don't go engage in the real world and connect with people face to face. Um, and that's not just in your community, but that's with your wife, that's with your husband, with your children, with your parents. Like, we, we got to get out of our little world, our little virtual worlds, and get back in the real world. Mm. And I think if we do that, I think a lot of, a lot of growth is going to happen in a lot of people, oh, yeah. myself included. Brent, I got to tell you that what you just said moves perfectly into something <laughs> that we struggle with in, mm-hmm. these, in these chapters. Sometimes we see these greetings and these endings and we're like oh man what are we going to say about this i mean cuz he's talking about these these people's names that we can't pronounce you know all this stuff but yeah. but i want you to imagine if paul had written this today i don't think that he would have written so you know just to let you all know um i i'm i'm posting a lot of things on twitter and i would really like for you to like and share so um gr- greetings love peace love y'all by paul almost out of right? character has got to stop yeah. instead he writes when I send, and I'm going to butcher these names, but you guys can read along, right? I'm in verse 12. When I send Artemis and Tychicus, I think we said. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I send Artemis and Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at uh, Nicopolis, for I've decided to spend the winter there. Paul doesn't say, go like my p- Facebook post. <laughs> he, he, he says, come visit me. Now, guys, that's real. That, that's, that's Paul saying, come see me. Mm-hmm. I want to see you. I want to see the whites of your eyes. I want to talk to you. I want to love you. I want to give you a hug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to greet you with a holy kiss, which is weird in our society, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he wants... <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> you guys can't see, but I got a really disgusting kiss blown <laughs> my way. But, no. It was holy. <laughs> it was a holy kiss. <laughs> it made me feel wholly uncomfortable. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, no, he wants personal interaction, and I agree, Brent. We need to have more personal interaction, not yeah. just time on our on our phones, which... I love the fact that I'm not a pastor because I can say this and not feel guilty. <laughs> this is like the last couple of days of Pastor Appreciation Month. 
Now, when Paul says, "Come visit me," like, can you can you feel like the plea there? Mm-hmm. Can you can you feel the emotion that I mean? That's a weird thing for Paul to have to say. Mm-hmm. Our pastors, they need us. I know that they've got tons of people to talk to. That doesn't mean go send Phil and Daniel and Brent and, and, and Tiffany. Don't go send them a thousand texts tomorrow, okay? That's not what I mean. But but when you see them, wrap your arms around their neck. You know, pray for them every day. Love on them. And, 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 and come on over, come on to church on Sunday and, and see the whites of their eyes. Love on them and, and listen to them and respect them because they need that. It's it's a lonely place to be sometimes in ministry when you wonder, are people getting it? You know, maybe even if we are going to do Facebook stuff, maybe get on YouTube and share the message so other people can hear their message so they can say, wow, people are actually, people are, are listening to what God has given me. Mm-hmm. Support these guys. They love you. They work hard for you. They pray for you. Let's love and support and pray for them. I think that's, you, I think that's fair. Thanks, and I think Michael. that's a good application of where we are at the end of this, of this chapter. Yeah, and we didn't put him up to that. So, <laughs> I'm thank slipping you very him much. some money under the table and giving him yeah, a holy thanks, kiss in the process. I, I that is just it. because of the heart that Michael Miller has. And yeah. We appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. We thank you so it's much. Um, so yeah. So one thing that I wanted to say too, like technology has its bonuses. To where I was actually thinking earlier about how blessed we are to be able to do this. Yeah, And because sometimes like today, I feel like it's been a really good, really inspired conversation, not inspired by us, but, but inspired by following obedience of where the Holy Spirit was taking us. And I'm just excited about the fact that like one, I was reminded as you guys were speaking earlier, uh, Daniel, especially where you were talking about, um, you know, just kind of what we're supposed to be as Christians and as we grow and who we're supposed to become. And, um, it, it, it reminded me of the conversations that I've had recently with people about the fact that everybody's in a different place in their journey and it's a never ending journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and when that moment comes in your life, if you're not a believer yet, where it's determined that, okay, this is your moment. You know, this is when you turn to Christ. This is when you become a believer in Christ. Um, there are millions of people, billions maybe that have never had that moment yet. So this conversation that we've had today, we are blessed to be able to have this conversation and record this and put this out there to where 15 years from now, somebody might randomly come across this right after they've made the decision to follow Christ or right before. Mm -hmm. That's amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, the blessing that that technology can be um, and the fact that we get to be a part of it and play a part in it, I'm I'm just, that's so awesome. So I'm I'm very thankful uh, that we are so blessed to be able to do this. And I'm glad that I get to do it with you guys. And I'm oh. glad that I get to do it with all of you listening. Yeah. Man, yeah. That, they got really sweet in here, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> thank blew you, that kiss and I know, changed the I know, seriously. Way to go, Daniel. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, but you make a really good point. And it was funny, me and Lainey were having a conversation about technology last night. Good call. Go from blown kiss to your wife. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> a good transition. Good. I know. It's <laughs> a, yeah. <laughs> it's getting sweaty in here. Anyway, so, um, uh, so yeah, so we were talking about technology and just how it's so easy to just kind of turn to that and just pull and just unplug and just, just veg out on it. And, uh, and I think that every, everything, everything that we have at our disposal is beneficial, can be beneficial and profitable for the kingdom of God. Mm. And so you're right. Yeah. There's absolutely going to be benefits to it, but I really do believe that Paul's imploring us here to be profitable and fruitful. Mm-hmm. And when I think about being fruitful, I think about, okay, how is like, so what's, how is fruitful measured? 
you know, if somebody said, hey, are you being fruitful for the kingdom? How would you, how would you respond? Would you say like, I don't know. I mean, I'm reading my Bible, so I guess I'm being fruitful for the kingdom. I mean, like, so what is it? What is the scorecard? Like, what do we? And I think that's really good for us to understand as believers. Like, okay, how do we know? How do we know that we're producing fruit? And and I think and when I see what Jesus commanded us to do, is he commanded us to go and make disciples. And disciple is a weird word, and we use it a lot. Um, it's not something that we understand context-wise because it's a very Jewish word. Sure. Um, but what Paul is talking about in a lot of his letters is he's talking about a parent relationship with children. Like he says, I'm, 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 the, I'm their father and these are my, my spiritual children. And what it is is it's, it's pouring into the lives of people, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, what Jesus has called us to do is to take what we've received and pour it into somebody else and, and have that change their life and then have that kind of trickle down and have them yeah. do the same thing for other people and pass it on. And, yeah. and I think when we disengage and disconnect and we lose that opportunity to really do that. I mean, would, if you saw a parent that had a child that was just like crying and like needed the needed the parent, and they just sat there on their phone and just was like liking Facebook and like just doing whatever, watching YouTube videos, you'd be like, oh my gosh, like what a terrible parent, right? They're totally consumed with what's going on here that they're not even seeing what's going on with their child, and that the, they're the needs that are right there in front of them. And then I translate that to like us with everybody else, Mm -hmm. you know, and how much we would just love to stay distracted and in our own little devices, in our own little world and not see the cries that are literally going on around us. And I think as a, as a good parent, if you saw a baby crying on the side of the road with nobody that you would run to them and be like, Oh my gosh, like, let's pick up this baby. Let's make sure this baby's fed. Let's find their parents. Like what's going on here. Let's take care of this. And, and I think we really need to see people spiritually like that. Like, there's somebody, man, they're, they're on the side of the road. They're alone. They are crying. They need somebody to be there with them and to nurture them. Yeah. And, and and that's when we start producing fruit for the kingdom is when we start investing in people. And so I would really Im- implore you, and we, um, we're doing this thing in, in Fight Club this week where we are – pulling away from technology an hour before we go to bed. So an hour before we go to bed, we there's no technology and uh, like just no phones, no TV, any of that stuff, just to connect and, and relate, you know, with, whether it's to our spouses, our families, our kids, whatever it is. And, and so like maybe this is a time for us to, to disconnect a few times intentionally to try to connect with other people and just be where they are, see what's going on with their day, and and be there to love on them and to just just have compassion on their situation because that's exactly what Jesus did. He just walked around, people would come to him, he would have compassion on them, and he would spend time with them, and he would heal them. And we have the ability to heal not only physically but also spiritually, emotionally. By the time that we spend with people, the last shot I want to throw out there, last shot, <laughs> boom. It's not as wise as what Daniel said. Just a little, just a little <laughs> snippet. Oh my gosh. Um, we're we're voting next week, right? So. I just want to I just want to read verse two um, to you. Well, actually, verse one and two. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, and to be ready for every good work. To speak evil of no one. Avoid quarreling. To be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. I'm not going to comment on that. Mm-mm. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Let me pray and close this out, guys. Father, I just I thank you as always for this time with my brothers here, uh, for us growing in your word and for us having conversations that hopefully are connecting with and lifting up and 
helping people along in their journey um, and in their relationship with you. God, we just ask you to um, help us to stay focused on you in this journey. Help us to stay focused on these wise words that we have read today and discussed. Um, Let us always remember that we can do nothing without you. Let us always remember that what you have told us, what you have taught us, you've naturally instilled that in us and that we need to strip away everything and, and get back to that, that nature that you've given us, God, that we can grow in as we know you. Help us to disconnect from <laughs> social media, from technology more often than when we do. Um, Help us to focus on the real world, God. Help us to focus on the people that you implore us, that you plead with us to connect with and to pour into and to be poured into by Mm -hmm. so that we can continue to grow for your kingdom and just become the people that you want us to be, God. So God, we just lift you up. I hope that everything that we do glorifies you in your name and that your light shines through us so that people... See us as the peculiar people that we are called to be. Let our lives draw people in instead of push people away, God. So God, we just we, we thank you. Thank you for all that you are, for all of the love that you give us, just unconditionally. And just help more and more people every day to open their eyes to that and who you are. So God, we thank you. We love you and we lift you up. And in your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, you guys. That finishes up for the episode today. Um, We hope that you guys have a very happy, very safe um, Halloween tomorrow. Uh, Whatever that is, if you've already gone out for your trick-or-treat time or whatever it is, um, we still, Halloween's always a tricky day, (laughs) October 31st. So um, just uh, keep an eye on each other, love each other, and we will talk to you guys next week.